Welcome to the Accepted Authority podcast, where we help you solve a common growth challenge. I'm Andy Marmont, and with all with me as always is Greg Roweth. G'day, Greg. G'day, Andy. Looking forward to uh, getting started this year. Yeah, and, and this is a great time to reflect, given it's uh, an early episode for 2023. Uh, we're sort of we're in reflection mode today, and we wanted to reflect around what's worked for ourselves, our own businesses and our clients' businesses around growth and what do we think around what might be the trends and the opportunities for 2023 when we're looking to grow our consulting services business. So uh, I think we can start with maybe reflecting on 2022 from a growing your consulting firm business and Greg what are your reflections on you know what how would you summarize 2022 from a, a growth and, and and what do you think's worked for you and your clients yeah well I think th- there's two aspects to you know getting leads or inquiries and I think those two go hand in hand um, and what I've found over the year I, I had a bit of a slow patch in the middle of the year and um Although I was getting leads, they weren't converting into clients. Okay. Um, then um, in, around August, I changed my approach instead of, uh, and you know, this was on, on my webinars. Um, I changed the topic of my webinars, and uh, it's had a lot more resonance with the the market, and so I had a lot more inquiries and and uh, actually started converting some of my opportunities into um, into clients um so there you know that is a reflection on you know the end result that we're looking for and you know we've got to have the right offer you know we that's prime first before we even worry about lead generation it you know we've got to be offering our potential clients what they want and uh, it doesn't matter what we think they need but you know they're going to respond to what they want, not what we think they need. So getting that right first is really critical in this process. When we do that, then there are a number of ways of ways that we can um, attract those people into our ecosystem. And you know what I found effective is uh, really, um, I mean, LinkedIn is still a prime uh, focus for my marketing. But I have found across 2022 that the restrictions that LinkedIn have put on the platform uh, have diminished the, the ability to scale that platform as a uh, marketing tool. So it's still a worthwhile tool, but it, you know, there's a limit to how far you can go with it. So um, beyond LinkedIn, there's still obviously networking, which, you know, even again, that's not really scalable, but it's still a valuable tool to have in our toolkit. Um, but, you know, things like webinars and uh, video um, on YouTube, um, you know, just being visible in more places. And, uh, you know, there are lots of ways that you can do that, but they're probably two of the most effective ways where you can actually teach people yes to learn what they need to um, to know about what you can offer them so 
you know, bringing them into your ecosystem around what they want, um, being able to educate them before you start to sell to them uh, have been the most effective ways that I've grown my sales across the year. Really interesting. Fantastic. Well, and I think what you said around the LinkedIn side of things is is an interesting point because I've also felt that um, LinkedIn is such a wonderful platform. And again, it's the focus of, of my marketing and also the work that I do for my clients. You know, we use LinkedIn as a focal point. So mm. interested, interesting around the visibility aspect. I'm keen to maybe explore, explore that a bit more. So related to what you just said around being visible, one thing that I learned was when it comes to creating trust, a lot of potential clients and people that I met, consulting firm owners, they all talked about, you know, our our building relationships, uh, sorry, building sales is all about building relationships. I need to be able to get trust. And it was, it was a question that I took pretty seriously because how do you build trust when, for a big chunk of it, remember, we've not been out, we've not been able to go out, or maybe there's been a reluctance there. You know, networking has only mm. really come back recently around face-to-face. So what I found was the more that I was able to focus on the education piece, so for me it wasn't webinars. I'm very keen to do web- webinars this year. It's part of my... Um, one of my items early part of the year. But I found that understanding about how can I communicate the some of the key messages, some of the problems uh, through models and creating videos and then creating, um, you know, downloadables and video training. So we've done things like that. Putting that, for example, in my LinkedIn profile, as you say, on YouTube, on mm. a, you know, website. And then people, whether we know it or not, they have all said to me that like, I've checked out your videos. I've looked to see how you how you go about things. And if you combine that with the fact that you're constantly showing, showing up every day with, you know, the, the right activity and you're constantly mm. looking to learn and be a bit courageous when it comes to testing, trying out different messages, uh, as you say, creating a, a product or a service that revolves around solving a problem rather than something that you think would benefit, you know, do all that together and it's, for me, it's really primed me for, uh, you know, the best year ever um, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and personal growth, uh, business growth and, and obviously attracting all the things that, you know, I'm wishing to achieve. So for me, it was, it, uh, it, it's really being, uh, having a bit of courage and a bit of tenacity around doing the right things and being prepared to accept maybe one thing forward, one step back. But I, mm-hmm. I think that definitely the... Um, yeah, the understanding that we still have to build trust with with new people and mm. there are different ways to do that. Yeah. And as you say, you can't rely on networking. So what else can you do? So that was something that I learned. Yeah, no, that's a very important uh, observation, I think, Andy. Um, and particularly you know, what I'm seeing more and more is that the typical promotional type um, marketing that is on most people's websites. You know, the, yeah. you know, look at me, style marketing is, you know, here's who we are, here's what we do, really doesn't land anymore, if it ever did. You know, I'm not really that 
sure, sure that did. And maybe people have used their websites as like the backup, you know. So we meet people, we get referred to people, the website's there just to give us a bit of credibility. It's not yes. a lead generator. And I've heard that expressed by a number of consultants. But I think that's a really um, uh, we're abdicating responsibility for marketing in a way because a website can be a valuable tool in that process. So the education, you know, the as we call it in the trade, the content marketing uh, <laughs> process is, you know, is what helps to build trust. And I think yeah. most of the content that we put on LinkedIn, you know, there's short pieces of content that are really there just to get attention, you know, to for people to see us and to see us talking about their problem, you know, so that they recognise, oh, that that sounds interesting. I would like to know more about that. Now, the key part of this process then to continue from getting attention to building trust is what comes next. And I think that's where, for me, the webinar has been important, but also other pieces of longer form content like an ebook or even you know some of my physical books that I have used in my marketing. Um, the a training, like a not necessarily a webinar, but a, a video training. Um, you know, all of these longer pieces of content extend from that first point of connection where you know our potential client says, "Oh, that's interesting. I'd like to know more." What are we giving them to educate them further and also build trust in that yes. process? Because when yes. we show them that we understand their problem. That we know how. Yes. Yep. You know how to build trust. Ex yes, and the the, <clears throat> the the knowing is is really an important part of that equation, mm. Greg. Because if I think about at the success, one of the big successes for me was was really to focus on this target, one particular target market, mm. one particular type of customer that I you know I really wanted to work with. And so in my in my opening discovery calls, I would always ask, so what led you to book a call? Mm. And 90, 95% have said, well, it's because you specialise in working with consulting firms. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, they get approached by all sorts of marketing companies who promise this, that, and that. And I just break it down and say, well, through what we just talked about, I know, you know, that's, I focus on solving problems of, of people in, in your industry. I think the second part is is being willing to have a level of personalization. Yes. So, um, so when it comes to again building trust, how do you, how do you do that? When uh, like how how can you do that? When it is, you know, how do you create that sense of authenticity? And so, doing things a bit differently around. You know, going to you know, going to some of the effort around speaking to people, maybe leaving some messages, um, shooting some videos and sending it to people. Like you've just got to somehow break it through because people get slammed with so many emails and, and so many cold messages. And mm. when you're trying to build a pipeline, and you know, it's taken me a good sort of eight to ten months. But for example, now there's there's a real pipeline there for the first time I hold mm. in my business of mm. of actual you know of really great great types of, of, of customers who fit the bill and that's really exciting 
for me to have a chat to them and, and you know, and, and really help impact them. And that's simply mm. because I knew that if, if, you, if you really focus on that, that solving a problem for one customer, you, you actually do make your competitors not competitors. You, you know, you're competing really against the, the choice of, of, of the potential customer. So that was, that was a huge takeaway for me, again, really being yeah. super specialised. Um, and then, but not just saying you're specialised, then, then demonstrating that through exactly what you've said, a webinar to solve that particular problem, an ebook mm. that speci- you know, focuses on a specific area, um, yeah. videos, all your content. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's super important. So that's great. Um, that's, I think what you've said there about the personalisation aspect of it too is really important. Um, because it's not just theory or, you know, it's not just yeah. a, a lecture-style education. We're not, you know, that style of educating people off doesn't really connect. But when we can show that we've actually experienced what they've experienced and, you know, that we have personally been through the same challenges they're experiencing and we talk about that in our education, mm-hmm. you, know, we're, you know, what gives us the right to be the authority? Yeah? Yes. And it's not... Yeah. You know, I mean, we've both got, um, you know, our certificates on the walls <laughs> behind us. You know, we've done the education, but that's not really what gives us the authority. It's having experienced what our clients are experiencing and understanding what they're going through, but also having solved that problem for ourselves yes. and built a model around how we solve that so we can deliver that same result to other people. When we can demonstrate that, yeah, and have that personalised aspect through our education as well, that really attracts people to us and, and makes us, you know, that specialist and that authority where our competitors really can't match that. They, they can't compete with that because we're unique. We're the only ones who've experienced what we've experienced. So, yeah, I really like what you said about, you know, our competitors don't stand a chance when we're positioned that way. Yes, and that, that, that's a wonderful exclamation mark. We'll just, I think that ties off 2022 really nicely. Uh, in a sort of, just briefly, Greg, so if we, look, if we look forward to this year, 2023, mm. what, are, what are maybe a couple of, of trends around getting that consistent growth as a consultant firm? What, what, do, you see, what, what do you see will be important for firms moving forward this year? Mm, well, I think it's taking advantage of, technology um, and you know that's not really a new trend but I think a lot of consultants haven't really caught up with the technology and they're still operating in 20th century mode but you know the technology is making so many advances now you know with AI um, particularly um, that makes it so much easier for us to find our potential clients um, so making use of technology so that we can proactively connect with them, uh, you know, rather than waiting for them to find us, um, we can use tools like LinkedIn, for example, or even Facebook, which um, I think you know a lot of people write off, but I think Facebook definitely has that AI capability. I mean, the two million, the two two billion with a B, sorry. <laughs> users on Facebook every day. Um, so you know, our clients are there. Um, it's just 
how do we find them? And I think the, the search capabilities and, and the knowledge, even though we may not like it, for marketers, it's the greatest thing Yes, ideal clients. So, yeah. you know, I think using the technology so that we can proactively um, market ourselves to our specific target market in a way that we've never been able to before is becoming easier and easier. Fantastic. I love that technology. Yeah, that's it's it's going to be a continuing theme. And I think, in my view, um, a couple of things. Yeah, one is definitely having a having a view of marketing or, or growth around uh, always on activity. So there's mm-hmm. going to be times where you're going to be really busy and you're going to be in delivery mode and you just don't have time to market. That's when you need to make sure you've got some sort of scalable program system that allows you to constantly attract because there's no use to feast or famine. We've all been there where uh, we're sort of looking at the, the lead sheet going, what's, you know, when's, where's the next one going to come through? Having something scalable and testing it and measuring it and, and, and actually running with it, I think is really important. Secondly is thinking about probably that hybrid of, of, um, of the education model where how are we going to, present our ideas and that could look differently for you. It could be speaking, it could be maybe attending networking events, but also engaging with people there for sure. But also how can you get really good as a presenter? I think mm. that's a really underrated skill or people don't know how to do it. Going yep. through uh, a presenting course was such a, a great uh, opportunity for me and I know that that's really helped me deliver my um, presentation. So how mm. can you... How can you use your skills in the online world and enhance how you how you tell your story, how you get your message across? Being able to deliver your message in a way that's really concise, I mean, that's the number one skill any uh, consulting firm, professional services business owner can master because if you can do that and your team can do that, marketing becomes um, relevant, scalable, and it gets cut through. So... Uh, might push you outside your comfort zone a little bit, but yeah, mm. that's to me that's where the, that's where twenty twenty three the people that can actually deliver a message succinctly, concisely in different mediums. Yeah, no, absolutely right, Andy. And you know, no one succeeds by staying in their comfort zone. You know, yeah. So if we want to grow our businesses, we've got to get out of our comfort zones to do that. And the other key thing you said there was marketing is always on. You know, we, we need to have marketing always on and it's no longer good enough to, to think that, okay, yeah, marketing's the thing we do when we stop being busy working with clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we've got and getting results so that we have so many leads that so we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> you know, that's a, yeah. a great problem to have and that we, yeah, you know, we have so many leads, so many inquiries that we can choose who we want to work with or scale our business to cope with the demand. How good would that be? Well, thank you so much, Greg. I I really enjoyed chatting about that, and I hope you did listening wherever you are. Um, To wrap it up, Greg, um, where can we find you online? Um, Online, I'm on LinkedIn. I just search for Greg Roworth, and the same on Facebook. Um, Facebook's going to be a feature for me uh, this year as well. And uh, obviously on my website at businessflightpath.com. Fantastic. You can find me at LinkedIn, Andy Marmont, 
or website is concurve.com.au. Thank you so much for being part of this week's The Accepted Authority. We will see you next time.